And as the young people go, we're going to turn to the Bible, and I think Richard is going to bring us our readings. So the first reading can be found on page 833 of the Old Testament section of the Bibles. And is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, verses 1 to 16. Israel's false shepherds. The word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, you shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, you have not bound up the injured, you have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and scattered they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild animals, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths so they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabitant parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." 
I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. And the second reading is on page 111 of the New Testament section of the Bibles and is from Gospel of John chapter 10 beginning at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. One shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Our loving Father, as we look now at your word, just help us to to receive it and for it to just move us on in our walk and our witness for you. Just as, not only as individuals, but as a church as well. Oh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what's this sermon going to be all about? Any idea? Do you get anything from the readings? Yes, it's going to be very much about sheep and shepherds, isn't it? Uh, They're our focal point uh, this morning. And at the very, very heart of what we're considering is that statement of Jesus when he says, I am the good shepherd. Come on, let that go home to you, everybody. I am the good shepherd, he said. Of course, he was speaking 2,000 years ago uh, to... uh, listeners who were living in a land of sheep and shepherds and the analogy of having a good shepherd would would have meant uh, much to them 
2019, we don't see many sheep or many shepherds in, in Jersey, so perhaps it doesn't mean quite so much to us in that form. But we know Jesus, yes, we know Jesus in such a way that we can echo the words of um, uh, David in Psalm 23 when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Is that something you can say? Can you say that with your hand on your heart? The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this before on occasion, some of you may, may know this, but uh, I, I, I want to repeat it because it's something that meant so much to me. It was in the 19, uh, 1980-81 or 82, somewhere around there, when I was sitting on a dry stone wall at the foot of Penny Fan in Wales, uh, awaiting a rendezvous with a group of CCF cadets. I'd met them earlier in the, in the day, and we'd had this rendezvous arranged for late afternoon. And while I was sitting on this dry stone wall, a shepherd drew near with his flock of sheep. And I can honestly say, it's a day I shall never, ever forget because of the impact made on me on that day and what I saw. Um, Yes, the shepherd came along and he uh, stopped and came and sat beside me on the wall. Meanwhile, the sheep uh, uh, followed and they immediately stopped and they began grazing peacefully. Have you ever looked at a flock of sheep? Uh, I looked at those sheep and every single one was identical to me. They were all the same. I could not tell one from t'other. But the shepherd knew each one of them and each one was different to him. He knew their strengths and their weaknesses. He knew their ways and their different characteristics. And he began pointing them out to me. I, I just couldn't, couldn't understand. Sort of say, look at that one over there. That's a real bully. Look at that one. That's, oh, that one's always with the crowd. Really gregarious one. That's a, look at that one. There, there he goes, a loner. That, that one, look at the leader, always up in the front. There's another one. That's a greedy one. Look, look at that one, chewing away there happily, never stops eating. Uh, there's a malingerer. There's a fighter. There's a happy one. There's, oh... There's a stubborn one. Look at that one. Look at that one. Real sleepy, always dozing. I think I think he should sleep already. You know, he knew them all. And so he went on and on. And he had this huge jacket, uh, waterproof coat, tied together with string. And he undid the string and he opened it up. And the pockets were absolutely... Li- uh, the lie on the inside was lined with pockets. And in the pockets were oils and ointments and cream and bandages and rags and little picks and tools and bits of string and rope. And he then stood up when came time, after we'd had a chat. He made a signal and he uttered some cry and every sheep stopped grazing and they began moving with him as they went along together. And, you know, I had a picture that day of Jesus as my shepherd in a way that I'd never had before. He who knows me through and through. You know, I know I don't look like anybody else, 
but he knows me and he knows each one of us. Just like that shepherd knew the sheep individually. He who, like the good shepherd there, leads me, guides me, knows my every need and is always ready and prepared to help. And just as those sheep responded to their shepherd's command, so I am to follow my shepherd faithfully day by day at his word, at his command, and at what he says. Wow. That's my way of introduction, because I, I, I wanted to share that with you, because it meant so much to me. But let's look for a few minutes at that passage from Ezekiel 34. You know, in that passage that um, Richard just read to us, um, Ezekiel is speaking, first of all, about the shepherd kings who have failed abominably. It's a sad, sad picture of those in leadership. We, we read there how they've fed themselves while the sheep have gone hungry. They've ensured that they are well-clothed and, and cared for, but they've failed to help the weak and the sick. And the sheep that have strayed and scattered, those that have wandered and got lost, they've not been brought back. The overall picture is one of how greed has replaced love, how cold cruelty has replaced sympathetic concern. And the overall outcome is that the sheep have become leadershipless and they become prey to every attack. And you know, as I thought back on that passage uh, this, this week, um, how true this is of many nations of our world today where there are no spiritual leaders to shepherd the people mediating God's love and justice and care. But verse 11, you may have your Bibles open, doesn't matter if you haven't, but in verse 11, the sovereign Lord intervenes and he says how he will act for his sheep. He says, I myself will. I myself will. And we get a picture of the good shepherd. This is the good shepherd, my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This is my, the good shepherd and all that he will do. Look at that list of things that he says he's going to do. I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I will rescue them. I will gather them and bring them into their own land. I will feed them on rich pasture. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will make them lie down. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will feed them with justice. It goes on. You know, this is... The picture, the true picture of the love of the good shepherd in action. And you haven't missed that very important bit about how he's in a personal relationship with his sheep. Over and over again, he speaks there of my sheep and my flock. And he says, I myself will be there for them. I'm going to focus on one verse, verse 15 
he says there, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down. Philip Keller, I don't know if you've read anything that he's written, uh, he's a great Christian writer and he was at one time uh, a shepherd and uh, he explains in his commentary on this particular verse that sheep will not lie down and rest unless four requirements are met. Four requirements have to be met if those sheep are going to lie down and rest. The first one, they have to be free from all fear. Free from all fear. Secondly, they have to be free from any friction amongst the other sheep. Thirdly, they have to be free from any torment from flies or insects or uh, ticks or whatever. And fourthly, they have to be free from all pangs of hunger. And the shepherd's role is to ensure that his flock is free from those four disturbing influences. Let's look at them. Free from all fear. Do you know that the shepherd's first action in order to calm and reassure his sheep is to make them aware of his presence, that they know that he's there. There's nothing that puts a flock of sheep more at ease than to see their shepherd walking with them and just to hear his reassuring voice. And you know, that's so true about us, isn't it? So true about us to know and to be aware that Jesus is there, walking alongside us and to listen and to hear his voice. How his presence and his words just dispel any tension. They dispel that pain, any fear of the unknown. You know when trials and and troubles come, be tragedy or crisis, how we just need to have that shepherd with us. This last week, a friend of ours in a London hospital awaiting an MRI scan and uh, major surgery was really, really quite fearful. Fearful in advance about what was going to happen, what she had to go through. But she speaks now of being in the scanner and going into theatre and having Jesus with her and feeling totally calm and peaceful. I can remember... (laughs) walking in the dark as a child, just a few years ago, uh, in the lanes of St. Juan on a cold November night when those leafless trees took the shape of weird monsters. I've always had a vivid imagination. And I felt so safe walking between my mum and dad as they held my hand. And you know, it's on life's journey how we just need Jesus to hold our hand, to be him to be the light, just to guide us in those dark days which come our way. 
and how we need to appreciate fully that he's alongside us in the good days too when we can rejoice and just get to know him better yes we just need to appreciate God's deep love for us because it is that which casts out fear with Jesus we become peaceful and calm freed from all fear Second one, had to be free from friction with other sheep, didn't they? You see, the shepherd keeps a very watchful eye on all his flock because he wants to detect any friction. Because he's always aware that there's a sort of pecking or butting order amongst his sheep. But occasionally, be it rivalry or tension of some sort, competition for status or self-assertion that uh, increases to such an extent that the sheep will not lie down and rest. But the good, experienced shepherd just knows how to deal with that. What about us? What about people in general? You know, how we can be restless if we're jealous or envious of what others have or are. How we can become quite desperate when we crave for something and don't get it. Friction. What about those who find themselves butted and battered by status seekers who push them around to get their own way and leave their victims hurt and restless? Of course, there are those who live and behave with self-interest first and foremost. And we have so little concern for others, that they metaphorically just walk over them and push them aside? What about those who have a critical spirit and create friction, seeking to get others on board to join them? Those who constantly are seeking revenge? Those who are... could go on. We could all go on, couldn't we, with examples of where there is friction and takes away our peace and our rest... And how we need to know that when we turn to Jesus, we discover that the shepherd has already seen and he's already heard and he's quick to rescue us who are suffering. And of course there's that to be free from the torment of flies and insects, parasites, whatever. You see, because these things irritate and annoy the sheep, it causes them to itch and scratch, and these sheep will not lie down. I wonder how we relate that to us, to ourselves. I suggest that it's temptation that often comes our way, and Satan's attacks. Wasn't it interesting we were looking at the attacks of Satan at our prayer evening on... Thursday, and seeing how these do come our way. But these are the things that torment us, aren't they? The temptations, the attacks of Satan. However subtle those attacks may be, they do irritate and annoy, and they unsettle us, and they rob us of peace. And we're to look to the Good Shepherd, aren't we? What do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? 
Father, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. No, lead us. Lead us into those quiet pastures. And Lord, provide us with your abundant grace. What did St. Paul talk about? He spoke about his thorn in the flesh and what a constant irritation that was to him, whatever that irritation, whatever that thorn was. But he heard Christ's comforting words, my grace is sufficient. And the last one, to be free from pangs of hunger. You know, sheep won't lie down and, when they're hungry. And an efficient shepherd is always one jump ahead. He's always checking in advance so that he can lead his flock to green pastures. And Philip Keller reminds us there that there are some sheep who ignore the good grass and they eat inferior stuff and they remain unsettled and restless. And this can be the shepherd's most difficult and unsuccessful role because he can't force the sheep to eat the good, satisfying food. But you know, our divine shepherd, our good shepherd, how disappointed he must be when he sees us failing to feed on the lush green pastures of his word. How sad he must be when we try to satisfy our hunger by living off the attractions of the world. You know, money, materialism, those pleasures that are so fleeting, all of them pretty barren and never fully satisfying. Yes, our hunger will never be satisfied, nor our thirst totally quenched, unless and until we come into that intimate relationship with the Good Shepherd. After all, he tells us who he is. The Good Shepherd is the bread of life. Yes, and he also told, remember, the Samaritan woman at the well, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst again. There we are, fear, friction, torment, hunger, those four disturbing influences that hold back the sheep and prevent them from lying down and resting. And for us, yes, I believe, four areas, there are others, but they prevent us from resting totally in peace. But you know, the Good Shepherd loves you and me dearly and deeply, and he will walk with us, and he will guide us, and help us to be set free from these when these troubles come our way. What did he say? I myself will shepherd my sheep. I will shepherd my sheep. Yes, those who are in his flock can rest fully in him and his promises. But I must end with one final thought. Because in that second, in the, in, the, in the gospel reading, the John reading, when Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd, he, we see in that how much he loves us when he laid down his life, and he tells us, laid down his life for his sheep. But notice how he adds, I have other sheep that don't belong to this fold, and I must bring them so that they will listen to my voice. You know, I, 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 as I read that again and as I looked on it, I, I saw how, you know, part of the Good Shepherd's mission is to just to draw the lost, the strayed, 
those who so far ignored him, even rejected him, to draw them into his flock. And I, I, I just thought of the many that I know, that I'm sure that you know, who are not in his flock. And as I reflected on what is Jesus' mission, I just sensed there a challenge to all of us that we, he so wants to use us. He wants to use us, in, as it were, in the role of a shepherd just to take a lost or wandering sheep. You can make that singular or plural, to take lost or wandering sheep. Can't put an S on it, but you know what I mean. Under our wing and just point them to Jesus. You know, just as that shepherd make sure the sheep go the right way. So uh, we can shepherd other people and point them to Jesus, to take them under our wing. Oh, you know, St. Paul in his letter to the Romans says, how are these folk who are lost and strayed, whoever they are, how can they call on one in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe in one of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? You know, am I, are you, that someone to proclaim him to some lost or wandering sheep? I wonder if there's someone that you're going to introduce to the Good Shepherd in the coming days. We all have a mission. The Lord wants to use us in that mission. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you know how often and how easily we lose sight of our mission to introduce Jesus to others and point them to the Good Shepherd. Oh, we haven't come here today simply to hear the good news. No, we go out from here to tell the world of the saving grace and love of our Lord and Saviour. Oh, take us now and use us as willing and obedient servants of the Master, because we ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen.